We headed to the home stretch in quarter number four on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. Welcome back into the Labatt Blue Studio. Labatt Blue and Labatt Blue Light. Bleed blue and light, drink blue and light, and don't forget to try the new Labatt Blue Light Seltzer Variety Pack, now available at beer retailers throughout Pennsylvania. And before I forget, we've got to announce our winner from the Ask Ask Greg segment, and that is Brian from McCandless, Pennsylvania. Brian and I will be getting in touch with you. All right, it's quarter number four of the Keystone Kickoff Show, and we welcome in our basketball guru, Jeff Brown. Brian from McCandless, I'm so proud of you. (laughs) See that, Brian? You get something extra this week. Congratulations from Jeff Brown. Jeff, hey, a week ago, you predicted two wins for the Penn State Nittany Lions. And I'll tell you what, I scoffed at the time. I did. (laughs) They end up blowing out Virginia Tech. And boy, they were right in it to the end against an undefeated Michigan team. Oh, it was so tough to watch that game because they um, defensively, they played hard the entire game. Uh, Offensively, they had their problems, obviously, in the first half. Uh, They were pretty cold. And then down the stretch when they needed to put the ball in the bucket at the free throw line, uh, you know, they had a couple of shots toward the end of the game that I I think might have been a little ill-advised. And that's what happens, especially on the road to a, a Michigan team that isn't a world beater by any stretch of the imagination, but a pretty good team. And it, it was nice to see them play that close on the road. So if you want to look at the silver linings, you know, that would be that. The the, the defense, I mean, man, they had seven steals. Michigan didn't have any. They they only had eight turnovers in the game. So it's there were, there were really good things that came out of this game, again, especially on the road. But... The score was not one of them. No, it wasn't. And you and I were talking off the air before we got started. One of the things that unfortunately seems to be a trend is how they finish the game. They have previously had in the Seton Hall game where they blew the big lead, but they also blew like an eight-point lead late in the game. Prior to that, I think it was VCU. They blew a lead in the end, but fortunately they had Miles Dredd hit the game winner. This game, they had, now it was just a two-point lead with two minutes to go, but they ended up missing their last six shots. What happens to this team in those last couple minutes that it doesn't seem like they could find themselves a good shot? You know, it just, it, it amazes me. Now, this game wasn't quite so bad because they hadn't been shooting well basically all game. Um, you know, Isaiah Brockington, even though he, he finished up with 14 and led the team, he, he wasn't shooting well in the first half at all. He came out strong in the second, to his credit. Um, but it's, it's, it's just, it, it was frustrating that they couldn't find the hole. But then, again, here at the end, and, and I've never coached a basketball game other than, you know, like eight-year-olds. So I, <laughs> I'm not coming off as an expert whatsoever by any of this, but... Man, to have your final shot be a wildly off-balanced attempted layup uh, against a seven-footer, I, I just can't imagine with all the three-point shooters on the team that, that that was what the call was. I want to know what happened in that last sequence. 
Exactly. And that seems to be the case. They can't get themselves open. They can't get themselves a good shot. And when you play a a team like Michigan that played very well defensively, you know, I'm looking at the box score and you're seeing things like three for 11. That's Myron Jones, two for 10 from Seth Lundy, four for 15 from Sam Sessoms. And candidly, I think a big part of it is they weren't they it didn't appear that they were getting very good looks. No, I, I wondered that myself because after Jim Ferry came out and said before the Virginia Tech game that, you know, we played selfish and and got away from what made us successful, I kind of felt that in the final five, six minutes of the Michigan game too, that that it, it again started to came be more of a I want to throw my shot up and see how it goes instead of playing the, the really solid team offense uh, that we've seen them play so successfully, especially against Virginia Tech. Um, it, it seemed to kind of stray from that once again, and that's just that's some mental discipline, and that's something the guys are going to have to take care of. It's nothing Jim Ferry can do or Keith Ergo or anybody from the bench. Um, you know, These guys have to just mentally say, this is what makes us successful this is what we have to do. Well, let's let's go to the positive side here. Let's go to last week, Virginia Tech, a wow. top 20 ranked team. That first half, they they won the first half by 20 points. And many of these shooters can be called streaky, but it seemed like all of them were hitting their baskets, hitting their shots, except for Seth Lundy. And yeah. that was quite a performance. Yeah, I, I um I wonder what's going on with Seth. I mean, anybody can go on a, on a cold streak. I think we had the same discussion about Miles Dredd last year at the beginning of the season, and then you know he warmed up as the season went on. So that's probably it. And and he's only a sophomore, but you know it's you gotta have Seth Lundy at least contributing a few points a game. And you know when your your leading scorer scores only fourteen, Myron Jones, you expect more than ten points out of him. Um, it was just a bad shooting day and, and, you know, I'm certainly not going to jump off any building or anything because there are going to be bad shooting days and there's nothing you can do about that. But with a team this small, um, you got to be able to put it in the hoop from, from outside and they just weren't able to do it consistently against Michigan. Well, let's talk about Seth Lundy. What I thought was interesting, Jeff, and actually a good sign when everybody else was hitting their shots against Virginia Tech, it really didn't matter that Seth Lundy wasn't scoring. But I thought it actually showed a sign of maturity. He only took four shots against Virginia Tech, which was fine. Other players were getting good looks and making their shots. It did look to me like in Michigan he was he was forcing shots. He wasn't getting good looks, but... I almost felt there were times in watching the game, the ball got into his hands and you could almost predict he's going to put the ball up mm-hmm. and, and he was forcing shots. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, and I got that feeling myself that, you know, maybe he, and, and I know Pat Chambers used to preach this to the guys is, you know, keep putting the shots up, keep putting the shots up. They're going to eventually fall. I, uh, you know, don't let it get in your head. And maybe he's following that philosophy of, you gotta shoot your way out of a slump. You can't. You can't be timid. Um, you know. So again, I. That's when the other guys have to step up, and unfortunately, they all kind of got cold together there in the first half. 
and that is the case with this team. As you said, it's a small team. They have several shooters, but they're streaky, and I, I don't think anyone defines that better than um, Isaiah Brockington, who was hot as can be against Virginia Tech. Against Michigan, especially that first half, he couldn't hit it, but then you knew at some point in the game, and it was the second half, he started hitting a few. Oh, yeah. yeah he is. I just I love watching him play. Um, when he came to the team, Patrick Chambers said he's the next Josh Reeves. Um, you know, athletically, you know, ability, everything. And that's turned out to be true. He is just such a smooth player on both ends of the floor. It's a lot of fun to watch him. Let's talk a little bit about the big men, um, Jeff. We knew coming into this season, and it has proven to be the case, that's where they're short depth-wise up front. Uh, John Harris, it looks like he does a real good job of limiting Harris' minutes. He plays hard when he's out there, but he actually, I'm looking at the box scores, both games last week he got 20 minutes in, but what you have if the opponent has a good big man, that's where they were hurting hurting against Seton Hall. But now we see it at Michigan, this play, Hunter Dickinson, he was their big guy up front. He ended up with 20 points on just 14 shots. That's It's tough for the Penn State big guys to defend a good scorer up front. Well, absolutely, because they're just going to get in foul trouble. You know, John Harrow ran into it. Trent Buttrick ran into it. Um, but I am really encouraged by freshman Abdu Simbila. Uh, he has looked, you know, obviously he's looked like a freshman sometimes. But, yeah, he's had little streaks there in all of these games that he's been in where you can just see, you know, it, I, I'm already kind of drooling by his junior or senior year. Just what kind of player he's going to be. I, he's He's got the right ideas. Sometimes they don't work out, but they're going to really rely on him down the road because, the oh, oh you start going up against Luke Garza and all those people. Yeah, they're going to they're gonna come at Hera and Buttrick, and it's inevitable they're going to get into some foul problems. And so to have somebody like Simbila on the bench who can come off and, and spell both of those guys at the same time is, is a big plus for Jim Ferry. Well, you must have read my mind. That's where my next question was going to be. Sambila, he gave him some good minutes. Um, mm -hmm. I'm looking. It was only six minutes, but he hit. Um, he had the dunk. He had that other basket where with his back to the hoop, and he turned what looked like the wrong way right. and was able to score. He's able. He had a block shot, uh, a couple rebounds. That's not bad for six minutes of work. No, not bad at all. And and again, for a freshman in his uh, you know, first Big Ten game, that I was impressed. I, I think we're going to see so much, so many good things from him down the road. And and like I said, he's unfortunately going to be vital this year. They're going to throw him into the mix a lot because Hera and Buttrick are going to need help with the big guys in the Big Ten. Well, and you, you alluded to the absorbing some of the fouls. Sambila and Butra can play to combine 19 minutes and also already compile six fouls yeah. in those 19 minutes. So, all right, Jeff, that was the week that was. <laughs> what does this team have going forward? What's the schedule look like, and what are you looking for? Well, next up on the 23rd, it's Illinois, and Illinois is really, really good, needless to say. 
Um, but again, it, it always seems there's there's a few Big Ten teams that I go, oh, okay, they, they've got a great chance of winning. And and Illinois is one of them. I don't know why year in, year out, I feel that way. You know, Nebraska is a team that I feel like they, you know, they've got a great chance of losing every time. And, I, and again, <laughs> no basis on this whatsoever. It's just kind of a feel that I get. So I like their chances, especially at home. Uh, against the Illini, they're going to have a little bit of time off. They're going to have a chance to, to get a little healthy and get their feet back underneath them and their legs. So I'm I'm liking this game. I'm not going to give you a prediction, but I, I'm liking Penn State's chances on the 23rd. Well, and I'll tell you the other thing, Jeff. With this team of shooters, if they're hot from three-point range, they could at the very least scare anybody. All right, Jeff, unfortunately, that is going to have to be it for our basketball conversation. We look forward to doing it again really soon. And that is it for the Keystone Kickoff Show. Please tune in next time. Hi, this is Jim from the Keystone Sports Network. If you're a fan of our Keystone Kickoff Show and you don't want to miss any of our analysis and review of the Penn State football team, there are plenty of ways to make sure you don't miss a single segment of our show. The best way to hear everything that Dustin, Greg, Ross, Bob, and Andy have to say is to download our app, Keystone Sports, from your app store. You can also find us on Spotify, the Apple Store, Google Play, and KeystoneSportsNetwork.com. We are the place for Penn State football analysis. This is where the temperatures are unkind. This is where water freezes in the blink of an eye. This is where the wind bites harder than a mid-ice cross-check. This is where the beer is always on ice. This is Labatt Hockey, played the way Mother Nature intended. Labatt Blue is proud to support pond hockey and all the hearty souls that like to play it cool. This is Labatt Hockey. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York.